Pastor Emma and Pastor Brandon here, and we are just so glad that you are joining us today for church. Maybe you're watching at a watch party right now. Maybe you're, you're at the family's watch party, and you're watching our kids uh, running around the table and being a little crazy. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're at home. You're watching with family. Maybe you're watching by yourself. But listen, you are not alone in this because we are in this together. We are watching this together. We are leaning in to God's Word together, and we are excited for it today. That's right, no matter what your story is, we're so glad to have you. This church, Slate Church, is for you. Uh, hey, right now, we actually have, uh, if you're watching live, we actually have in the description or in the comment section, we actually have links going out. If you're not watching this live, you're just watching it on demand on our YouTube channel, you can actually do this exact same thing. We would love for you to fill out a Connect card, where, which you can find at slatechurch.com connect. We would love to uh, uh, connect with you and let you know more about our church, maybe you have some questions, whatever else, fill out a Connect card. And also, if you're watching live right now, we would love it if you would hit that invite button. You can send a link right now to anybody and uh, let them know that Slate Church is happening right now. If you're watching on demand, it's as easy as sending the URL to somebody who you know might be blessed by this, uh, by this, uh, this whole service. Absolutely. And listen, we are going to start off worshiping God. So why don't you stand up wherever you are right now and just start to worship with us. There's a song that stirs the spirit and it calls that heart to life. It's an anthem in the making. Can you feel it start to rise? Can you hear the generations getting louder over time? Every son and every daughter singing out into the night. It's not time to be silent don't you dare hide your light there's a world outside your window so don't let it pass you by lift your hands to the heavens lift your voice to the sky praise the lord of all creation let his name be lifted high singing faceless from the palace to the streets i can feel that drumbeat pulsing and it's calling you and me i can hear the world awaken oh the sound is heavenly every tribe and every nation singing jesus i believe it's not time to be silent don't you dare hide your light there's a world outside your window so don't let it pass you by lift your hands to the heavens lift your voice to the sky praise the lord of all creation let his name be lifted high singing 
up one heart at a time See the strongholds break in the blink of an eye Death and all our sin nowhere inside For the Lord, He is alive See the lost return from the dead of the night Every captive freed, every chain left behind Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? Oh, the Lord coming alive See the lost return from the dead of the night Every stronghold's break in the blink of an eye Death and all our sin nowhere in sight For the Lord, He is alive See the lost return from the dead of the night Every captive freed, every chain left behind Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? For the Lord, come in Slate Church, we love to celebrate all the amazing things God is doing in our family. And uh, we just want to highlight a couple of the praise requests that came in this week. Lots of praise requests came in this week, but here's just a couple. So someone is thankful for the strength that they have in Jesus. That's awesome. Uh, someone else is thankful for new friendships that have formed in the last year. Also awesome. And uh, we also like to take the time to... Uh, walk alongside people who are having struggles in this season. Um, and there are many, and many prayer requests have come in. And here's just a couple. So we're praying for someone's colleague's husband who is very unwell and in the hospital. And we're also praying for someone's uncle who's just been diagnosed with prostate cancer. So again, these are just a few of the things, but uh, let's just lift up all the prayer requests that came in this week. Um, so if you feel comfortable, just raise a a hand towards the screen and if you have your own prayer request feel free to raise your other hand let's pray dear Heavenly Father God we're so thankful we're thankful uh, for your love and your goodness and we're thankful for your strength and God we're just uh, thanking you along with this person who's uh, finding their strength in you and uh, we just thank you for that and God we're also thankful for someone who's uh, finding friendships in this in this year, past year and uh, we just pray your blessing over those friendships, and we just uh, pray that they flourish in the years to come. And God, we just want to uh, lift up uh, this uh, person's colleague's husband who is uh, very sick in the hospital. We want to pray for a miraculous healing, uh, for strength for the family, for peace, and, uh, and that miracles will happen and that uh, your name will be praised. And we also want to pray for someone's uncle who's recently been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Again, Lord, you're the God of miracles, and we just lift him up to you. 
and we pray healing over his body and uh, again wisdom for the doctors and peace for the family and uh, God we just thank you that we can come to you with our prayers and uh, and that you're faithful and we love you so much Lord we just pray over all these things uh, we pray over the coming week and for this service now and we just uh, ask you for all these things and thank you for all these things in Jesus name amen I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to him. I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between wears thin. I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. you sing out there's no other name there is no other name but the name that is Jesus he who was and still is and will be through it all so come what may in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning I know I will never be You know, church, I love that song. I love when we lean in and we worship God because I want to remind you 
that you are not alone in this. You know, I have my little baby, Claire. She's 18 months old now. And basically every single night as I put her to sleep, I sing this song to her. And I sing this song over her. And I sing this song over myself. And sometimes we need to declare and remind ourselves that we are not alone, that God is with us, that Jesus is for us, that no matter what situation you find yourself in, he is in it with you. And I think that's an important reminder just to sit with today, just to be in today, uh, as we continue on with our service. You know, we talk every single week about generosity and we talk about uh, uh, finances and we talk about giving back out of what God has given to us. And I was reading out of Philippians 4 and, and I love how Paul is writing to this church in Philippi and he is basically encouraging them, don't be anxious about anything. He encourages them to think and, and, and think on things that are true and good and noble and he gives all of these great things in that chapter. And then he takes some time and he thanks them for the gift and the provision that they have given to him and the generosity that they have given to him in order to fund the ministry and fund the vision and to take care of him in and through it. And I love this because he talks about how God is so pleased with that. You know, church, we have the responsibility, we have the opportunity to really fund the vision, to give back out of what God has given to us. And, and Paul mentions that there are churches and people who weren't doing that, but this church in Philippi did. And I wanted to encourage you with that, that out of Paul's same sentiments, that there is just a desire and a need for us to make sure that we are giving back out of what God has given to us. So today, there are many ways you can do that. They're popping up on the screen right now. You can do it online. You can do text to tithe. Uh, uh, there's just different ways you can do that. You can check that out. But I really encourage you to do it. It is our responsibility. It's what we get to do. It's what we get to give out of what God has given to us. And God is so pleased with that faithfulness. And we see that in scripture. So listen, I'm going to pray for our giving today. So why don't you pray with me? God, I thank you so much that we get to give, Lord, that we have this opportunity to give out of what you have given to us. And today, Lord, I pray that you would bless this gift, Lord. We know you are pleased with it, God. So I pray that you would use it and work through it, Lord, for your plans for this church and beyond, Lord. We are thankful today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen. We have an incredible video to show you right now, a recap video. Last week we had many, many baptisms, and we want to bring you into that. So why don't you go ahead and check out this video right now. And we're really believing that God's going to do great things here today. In fact, we're baptizing 18 people today, which is amazing. And... Uh, and we're really excited for that. It's pretty incredible. And we're just going to right now just take a moment. And we're just going to pray over everybody that has made this incredible, incredible decision today. Lord, we just thank you so much for every single one of these people who has made a decision today to get baptized. 
What an incredible decision this is. A laying behind of what was and a stepping into what will be in your name. And we just declare over every single one of these lives right now, your blessing, your protection, your provision, your direction, Lord. Father, just use each and every one of these lives in a mighty way to shine your light into this world. That everywhere they go, they would be an example of what it looks like to live with you inside them. Lord, we just pray right now that as they go out of this place that they'd be so filled with joy, that they would be so filled with your presence, that they would be so filled with your Holy Spirit. What an incredible decision. What an amazing outward expression of this inward commitment to follow you. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for their obedience, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Amazing. Well, listen, wasn't that so fantastic? I love that we get to be a part of a church that baptizes, that sees people coming closer in the relationship with Jesus. It is so fantastic what is happening. And listen, you don't want to miss out on what is happening here at Slate Church, so make sure you are following us on social media. Subscribe on YouTube. Know what's going on. I really believe it's going to encourage you. It's going to encourage your week. It's going to encourage you during the day. But you also will be informed on what is happening at Slate Church, at Slate Church Online. We would love to have you follow us there. Listen, if you are watching right now, whether you're on demand or you are watching live, we are part of a much greater community than whoever you are watching with, even if you're at a watch party. So why don't you text somebody today? Say hello, encourage somebody, say hi. Let them know that you are thinking about them. I love when I receive a text just from someone thinking about me and encouraging me, and I love to give those. So why don't you go ahead and do that right now? And come on, if you haven't noticed, Christmas is right around the corner. Maybe I'm the one fully letting you know that. If you're not Christmas shopping yet, you probably should get going on that right about now. But Christmas season is amazing. We've got all the great stuff. We've got the trees. We've got the, the, uh, the cookies. We've got the Hallmark Christmas movies. Can I hear an amen? We've got a lot going on with Christmas, but Christmas is also so significant for us as a church. We have a great Christmas season coming up, so stay tuned for more about that. But you are going to want to make sure that you are involved, that you are checking it out, and that you are tuning in for everything Christmas in the coming weeks. But hey, I am about to pass it over for, uh, to Pastor Jared for one of the best segments that we have here. And listen, Pastor Jared will deny this like no other, but he loves Hallmark Christmas movies. He, he actually recommended me today, uh, the other day, and I watched it last night. It wasn't that great, Jared. He recommended that I watch this movie called Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. And I don't know. It was okay. It was all right. But Jared really loved it. So you can take that up with him if you choose to watch that video. But listen, Pastor Jared, take it away for the interview. You're Come on. It. You're killing me, Pastor. I mean, we've only got five minutes here for the interview, so I can't even defend myself. But um, 
Church, anyways, we're gonna move right past that. We're gonna move into the interview here today. How cool is it that we actually have an opportunity to sit with somebody in our church and hear a little bit about what God has done in their life? And the person that we have with us today is a person who uh, I'm actually very close with, a great friend of mine and a great friend of uh, many here at Slate Church. And so uh, I'm thrilled to introduce David Klompfus here with us today. Can we give it up for David Klompfus here in the studio? David, it's good to have you, man. Um, I was also, both of us were told. This is the fifth time today. This is the fifth time today. And both of us were told not to rock in these rocking chairs during this. And so let's see how we do because immediately I just want to rock back and forth. (laughs) But um, hey, man, I I actually have the privilege of of getting a bit of a look inside your life. And we talk often, but um, I think you've got a powerful testimony of what God has done in your life. And I would love uh, to hear a little bit about that story. And if you could share that with our church, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big question. But first, before we jump into that, I actually did watch that movie that Pastor Emma talked about with you. <laughs> so I just want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, my, my story, I guess. Um, again, big question. But uh, I, I grew up in an awesome family, um, awesome Christian family, you know, going to church, actually serving in church um, as a family, doing, doing kind of all the things that you would uh, in right. church growing up. Um, and I think that kind of continued uh, throughout my teenage years. And most of that time, it was just spent going through the motions. That's just what we did. Yeah. Um, in many senses, you know, I was a Christian by default. Right. In a sense, then I hadn't right. yet made uh, my faith my own. Yeah. Um, and I think that continued, again, through, through my teen years, through high school, um, through my gap year, uh, which I took after high school and into uh, university. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout all of that time, you know, I felt that I wasn't centered. Um, I felt mm. that I was always um, flipping between personalities. Right. So when I would be at church, you know, that would be one version of yeah. David. When I would be with my friends out at the bar, that would be a different version of yeah. David. Yeah. Um, when I would be with my family, that would be another version of David. Yeah, yeah. Um, but every time, or no matter what version of myself I was, I wasn't really satisfied. Mm. You know, there was uh, asymmetries mm. with just who I was. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't able to, you know, I, my life wasn't built on on one thing. In many ways, I was probably like a chameleon, you know, right. just whatever the flavor of the week demanded, that's kind of what I would um, become. Yeah. And I think that continued um, through through university, my first year of university. Yeah. Um, and uh, in university, um, I was uh, super busy, hadn't really been going to church that much, mm-hmm. um, had heard about Slate through a friend and ended up going with Rowan Martin, yeah, um, on, who Rowan. many of us probably know, uh, yeah. awesome dude. Um, and we went to Slate and uh, kind of went on and off. Um, each of us would kind of go um, on our own and uh, didn't really take any steps forward for the mm. longest time. I would kind of slip in, slip out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think that was the case until I joined a connect group. Um, wow, okay. I joined a connect group with Nate Lambert, um, another well, amazing guy. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah, Pastor Nate yeah. leads our watch parties. And that was, I think, a real turning point for me because mm. um, I realized you know, sitting at Connect Group that I had to make my faith my own. Right. Um, it was in that moment. Um, and there were, there were a couple of moments. I wouldn't say that there was one kind of, you know, big breakthrough yeah. moment where it's all of a sudden like the lights went out yeah, and the lights right. went back on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it was, you know, over a, cl- over a number of months and a number of different conversations and moments where I realized that, you know, I could just be um, myself and that my identity was found in Christ and nothing else. It wasn't 
um, in anything that I did. I think something that I've struggled for a long time is I set a really high bar for myself in so many different yeah, areas. No I know we've talked about this a lot of times. Um, and that can be good. Yeah. It can be good when it comes to fitness or academics sure. or work or whatever the case may be. But it's not that helpful in our faith. Right. And I think so oftentimes I would um, set a super high bar. And when I didn't meet it, when I struggled uh, with sin or, you know, had a bad day or messed up, I would yeah. just, you know, really be hard on myself. Yeah. Um, and coming to know that my identity was rooted in Christ mm. was such a game changer because mm-hmm. it didn't matter what I did. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do good things, obviously. Yeah. Um, but God loves me just as I am, right. you know? I, that's, that's the starting point. My right. life is surrendered to Christ. Come on. Um, and from there, that flip uh, flipped a switch, and I think a lot of growth has come since then. Yeah, dude, that's, that's great. Hey, listen, we got like 30 seconds left here, um, and I think this question, I try to ask it as often as I can. What would you tell somebody that maybe actually is beating themselves up a little bit too much in their relationship with God and not understanding how that dynamic works? Just from your story, how would you encourage somebody that is holding themselves to a really high bar? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one is that our, our identity is in Christ. Yeah. Um, he loves us, um, you know, since uh, we were just a thought. Yeah. Um, and he's going to continue to love us. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Brandon, in our uh, meeting just before we got onto the set today, said, yeah. you know, our sin is as far as the east is from the west from right. us. So for somebody who's struggling with sin or struggling with their identity in Christ, just mm. know that, you know, Jesus loves you just as you are. It's good. Um, that you're washed, you know, you're... Uh, in, in Romans, I think it says, um, you know, that we are, we're washed, um, we're sanctified, yeah. you know, we're justified uh, in and through Christ. That's good. Um, and for somebody who's wondering what that next step looks like, I would encourage them to join a connect group, to yeah. join a team. Come on. Uh, surround yourself with people who want the best for you. That's I know good. for me, um, that was when so many things uh, changed for me. Yeah. Um, join a team. Um, I'm biased. Studio team's an awesome team. It's a great team. But there's so many different teams, whether that's our City Impact team yeah. or helping with our watch party. So yeah. many different ways you can get involved. Surrounding yourself with the right people and being in the right places. Yeah. Um, and, you know, surrounding yourself with God um, every day, yeah. <laughs> every hour of the day um, are all such important things. Skidman, hey, thank you so much for, for taking the time to share your heart. Thank you also for uh, the many things that you do in our church. You're kind of a, a jack of all trades. And so I thank master you. Master of none. Yeah. <laughs> master of some, master of some. And so um, God's got big things for you in your future. And I'm just really grateful to be a part of, of your life and a friend to you. And so thank you again for uh, all that you do in our church. But thank you for sitting down today and sharing a bit of your story. But hey, I'm going to pass it back over to uh, Pastor Emma to lead us to the rest of our service here today. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. And listen, I would just completely echo what Jared just said. Uh, David, thank you so much for everything that you do here at Slate Church. I was just talking to someone tonight. They were someone saying they were going through a rough time. David reached out to them. Now they are so connected. And I love that because that is the story of so many people here at Slate Church. So thank you, David, for that faithfulness and just leaning into what God has asked you to do. And now we, we move on to the message portion of our time together. And listen, I am so excited. We are in the midst of a series right now called Help, I'm Tired. And I know that sentiment has resonated so much with so many people who have been leaning in and watching and, and taking notes and being a part of what we are doing right now. But I am excited because we have a guest speaker today. And uh, uh, this person is such a friend of our house. We love him and respect him so, so much. And, you know, it is actually Pastor Brent 
Coulter, who is here with us today, and him and, and his wife, Nicole, pastor at the City Church in Mississauga. And listen, they have poured into us so much as leaders. They have influenced, influenced us. They have been with us through uh, challenges and great stuff and celebrated with us and given us so much mentorship and advice. And God has really blessed their ministry and their church, and we get to learn from them. So we are excited today that you also get to learn from Pastor Brent. And just as he opens up the word, I really believe you are going to receive something today from it. So why don't you ready your heart right now, wherever you are, as we pass it over to you, Pastor Brent. Thank you, Pastor Emma. Um, you know, you were mentioning about the Hallmark movies, you and Pastor Jared. I do not share that affinity for <laughs> Christmas Hallmark movies. You know, my life is one big chick flick. I have my wife and two daughters, and we have two female dogs. So, but Pastor Jared, you're still a man. We love you. <laughs> Slate, I am super happy and excited to be with you today. And also, hey, if you live in the Waterloo region and you are looking for a church, look no further. Slate Church is the church for you. If you want to get connected more, you can go to slatechurch.com. But I'm super happy to bring the word to you today. You know, Pastor Brandon asked me to minister this message, and I love this title, Help I'm Tired, because I think whether somebody has actually verbalized this prayer or not in 2020, I feel like it's in everybody's heart. And we can always go to the scripture to get help. So we're just going to dive right into the scripture um, this morning, and let's just follow along. If you have your Bibles, you have your device, let's turn to Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3. Now, in the context of where we're going to look today, this is the children of Israel who are in Egyptian bondage, and they are just going to pray here to God, and we're going to see this, in this context, this idea, help, I'm tired. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 says this, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of, the la- out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to the land of a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, all of the ites. <clears throat> Verse 9, And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with the Egyptians oppress them. Come, and I will send you to Pharaoh who, who may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, But I will be with you. And this shall be a sign to you, for I have sent you. And when I have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now the title of this message today is when people need help, God sends a person. You know, all of us could say we're a little bit tired of 2020, and it's very easy to complain, and there's, you've probably seen a bunch of memes lately online just you know, talking if 2020 was a this. Uh, the most disgusting one I think I've seen is if 2020 was a version of sadistic toilet paper and it's like a cheese grater. Now... That person is a little bit sick, and we're going to pray for them later on. But, you know, we can continue to pray, uh, to think about 2020 in, the, in these terms. But also, you know, when, when some bad things started happening, I mean, earlier this year, I was talking to a, uh, another pastor, and I said to him, you know what, this can be the church's finest hour. 
And that's truly what I believe. So let's just pray uh, this morning before we get into the message. Father God, we just want to lean into your word this morning. God, we want to know your voice. We want to uh, implement your ways into our lives. So we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you are illuminating it to us, that you are showing us your plans and purposes for our lives. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, for some of the difficulty for me in 2020, personally, is a little bit uh, relating to the mask dismount. Now, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Early on, you know, putting on the mask, I, I, I got it pretty, you know, originally it's like over your eyes and then you adjust it and you, I can't find my ears somehow. But I really perfected that part really fast, but then it really struggled with the dismount of the mask. You know, I would go grocery shopping and you're leaving the grocery store and, you know, you got your hands on the cart and you're trying to be safe and all these different things. But as soon as I get outside, I'm ready to take off my mask. So. What I started to discover, though, when I would take off my mask, I would loop it around my wrist, and then I realized my hand was on the inner part of my mask. Well, I thought, you know, it's kind of defeating the purpose of having, if I had any germs on my hand, that they would now be on the in part of my mask. So I perfected the reach in so that my hand would be on the outside of the mask. And, you know, and I still wasn't satisfied because it was hanging off my wrist, and then I would drop it in the parking lot. So recently, I've discovered this brand new, amazing method to remove your mask. It is the single hand pull and release over your head. It's a great method. But you know, we were, we were doing an event at our church a little while ago, a drive-through event for our kids. And I had done the single hand release pull method over my, uh, over my head. But what I didn't realize, I had actually scratched the white of my eye. And there was like a big blood mark in my eye. And so I, I walked in the church, and our team was there, and you know we were eating pizza, and I and I sat down at a table with with a couple girls, and they were kind of looking at me funny, you know, and you kind of think you know someone's like doing a double take, and you're like something on my face, I'm not sure, and then you know they were looking at me, they didn't really say anything, but then my wife sat down, and she's like, what's wrong with your eye? <laughs> right away, and you know my wife is American, so she's super direct anyway, so just you know, and this is what we need, we need people like this in our lives, when we're actually going through difficulties, to actually speak to the problem in our lives. And once again, when people need help, God sends a person. And sometimes we can, you know, miss the, the supernatural in our lives, we're looking for the spectacular. And, you know, the, sometimes we just miss out when God is doing, and then God is always going to send a person to us. I had one of my Bible school instructors told us a funny story, you know, somewhere in the south of the United States where... There was a guy and there was a flood. Uh, you know, there's a, always in the south of the United States, people are living in a floodplain for some reason. And so this guy was outside his house and, and you know, the, the, the rain was coming and there was just a little bit of water, you know, around uh, this guy's house. And, you know, someone had seen the forecast and so was driving by their house and realized that the floodwaters are coming. So he drove by this guy's house and he was a believer. And uh, the guy stopped his car and said, hey, you know, you'd get in my car, I, I, come with me because the floodwaters are coming. And the, the guy, you know, from, from the porch of his house is like, no, the Lord is going to save me. <laughs> and then the, the rain kept on coming and it started to come up around the porch of their house. And, uh, you know, uh, now the, the water was so high in the city that a guy was coming by in a boat. So the guy in the boat is driving by their house and he sees them on the porch of their house. And he's like, hey, get in the boat. 
you know, we, we, we're gonna, the floodwaters are coming higher and higher. And the guy from a porch, the, the Lord Jesus is going to save me. Now, you add names of God when you're less confident about your prayer. And so finally, the floodwaters rose so much that this guy was now perched on the top of his house. And, you know, the rescue helicopters are coming through to check for survivors. And, the, you know, they're, they're there and they're speaking through the loudspeaker to this guy on his roof. And he's like, hey, you know, we're going to send down a rope. You can get in the helicopter. And the guy yells up, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the soon coming King, is going to save me. The floodwaters rose and eventually washed this guy away and he died. This is just a joke, by the way. <laughs> He gets up to heaven and, and he says, God, I thought you were going to save me. And God says back, I sent a car, I sent a boat, I sent a helicopter. When, when people need help, God sends a person. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says, Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. See, this is our mission as the church in 2020, that there is a bunch of people out in the world who are facing a bunch of things and in their heart or they're verbalizing is help, I'm tired. And God wants us to be engaged in the mission of the church and the mission of the church is always people. And this idea, whoever brings a blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. See, one of the worst things that we can do to try to get over our own personal tiredness is just to focus on ourselves. See, the more you just think about yourself all of the time, that is actually a very depressing state because we just think about our imperfections and the things that we do wrong and all of this going on, and just, you could just depress yourself. But the scripture gives us a tremendous um, insight here at how to live our lives and how to live a life that we can be enriched by the Spirit of God. Whoever brings a blessing will be enriched. And the one who waters will himself be watered. See, it's an honor to be part of the church in 2020 and to function in the ways uh, uh, that God has. God brings a supply to us and there's a reciprocity in the kingdom of God. When we are giving out, then God is giving back to us. So if someone is experiencing tiredness, you can show up in their lives and then when we give out to them, when we bless them, when we pray for them, when we are there for them, then God enriches our lives. And we see this over and over again in the ministry of Jesus. There's a famous story in John chapter 4 about Jesus and he's going a certain way and he goes through Samaria, the scripture says, which Jews and Samaritans generally did not mix well together. They didn't like each other as two different races. So Jesus is going through this area and there's this woman at the well. We all know this story. And she's there in the middle of the day and there's a well and they're, they're drawing well, water out of the well. And, uh, you know, they, they have this interaction, they have this discussion and, and they're sort of comparing, you know, natural water and living water. And, uh, and then, you know, Jesus says this to this woman. She's like, if you knew the gift of God that was before you, you would be asking for this living water. Now, generally speaking, this is how all men think that we are the gift of God. But Jesus actually is the gift of God to humanity. And so he's standing before this woman and he's having this conversation and then they have a discussion about worship and all these different things. And then he talks, he asks about her husband. And he's like, well, I don't have a husband. And he's like, yeah, you don't, you've had five husbands and the man you're with right now, he's not your husband. And she says, I, I perceive that you're a prophet. So Jesus ministers to this woman all the necessary love and compassion and then also correction that she needs. 
So here's a woman who, who's tired. She's had a difficult life and a difficult experience. But Jesus goes out of his way to talk to this woman. There's so many people out there today who are just tired. Tired of what's going on in 2020. Tired of this and the news. Tired of what's going on in the church. It's time for the church to step into the middle of people's situations. And to realize that God is empowering us by, by his spirit. And when we step into the middle of those situations, he is there with us and we can water others. And then we will experience the enriching power of God in our lives. But let's read here the end of the story. John chapter 4, verse 31. It says this. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. You know, they wanted him to eat something he hadn't eaten for a while. Listen to how Jesus responds. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Do not say there are four months, yes, comes the, yet comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields for they are white to harvest. Jesus is telling us to look around. There are people right now in desperate needs in our offices, in our neighborhoods, in our connect groups. And if we would just look up and see the needs in people's lives, we can step into the middle of those situations because people have needs and God sends a person. So what did the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, eat something, talking about physical food. But then Jesus responded, I have food that you know nothing about. What is the food Jesus was referring to? To accomplish the work of God. Now think about that. When we eat natural food, what happens? The, the energy, the, the potential energy in the natural food comes into our bodies and then we use that energy and we expend it to do physical activity. But Jesus is comparing natural food with the spiritual food of accomplishing the work of God. So when we accomplish the work of God, we get the necessary spiritual nourishment needed to do the work of God. And we're just going to do the work of God and then we're going to have food that we didn't know was there. That we don't have to enter into the I'm tired narrative in 2020 just like everyone else. What do we need to do? We need to look around and say, who can I bless? Who can I take care of? Who can I, what can I, who can I pray for? Who can I be a friend to? Not just look at yourself and your own circumstances and your own situation. Man, that's just a terribly depressing place to be. But Jesus gave us this tremendous insight. My food is to accomplish the work of God. So we want to be actively participating in the mission of God. So let's be ready to be called into action. Let's not be on the sidelines. Not, let's not be spectators in 2020. Let's not just be thinking, well, okay, you know, I've had enough of this year. Let's just wait and we'll start fresh in and, and 2021 and we'll just take these next six weeks off and just not do anything and not help anybody. You know, I want everybody to pray for me. I want everybody to love me. I want to judge what people are doing for me. No, let's do the work of the ministry. Let's do the work that Jesus has called us to do. So we need to be ready to be an answer to someone else's prayer. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. There's a tremendous story here. Um, there's, there's a guy named Cornelius. The scripture tells us that he's Italian. And he prays this prayer, and then something amazing happens. So let's just dive into the story here in Acts chapter 10, verse 1. 
It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. So if you're watching online and you're Italian, throw up the Italian flag, pizza, whatever, just let us know you're Italian. Verse 2, he said, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said to him, Cornelius. Cornelius started, stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send a Joppa, bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. So Cornelius is praying, and this is his, sort of his lifestyle, and he's a generous person, and all of what he does is coming up before God. And then he has this vision. And in this vision, he, he, he sends, he's supposed to send for Peter. Now we know that Peter, who is one of Jesus' closest disciples, you know, the one who's always putting his foot in his mouth, that disciple... And so he has this vision, go and ask for Peter. Now, at the same time, Peter is um, at the city and he's up on the rooftop and he's praying. And then he has this vision. And on this, in this vision, there is, you know, a sheet that comes down and there's all of these animals on this sheet that, uh, that he sees. And then the voice says to him, Peter, rise, kill and eat. The problem is all of the animals on the sheet are all of the animals that are pro prohibited to eat according to Jewish law. So Peter's like, no, no, I, I'm not going to eat anything unclean. Same vision comes again. Same response. Same, it happens three different times. And so Pe Peter is there and he's contemplating, you know, th this vision. What does this vision mean? What, what, are, you, what are you trying to get across to me, God? Because And the idea was that it actually wasn't about food. It actually had to do with people. That all of the people that maybe we don't think are important, God thinks are important. And the people that we maybe pass by in our workplace or pass by in our street, they might be saying in their heart, help, I'm tired. And when people have a need, God sends a person. See, and we are those people. There, when you've heard this statement before, there is no plan B but the church. The church is God's plan A all of the time. And that's people. That's God, God's people empowered by his spirit, knowing that the mission is people, that we would go out and look to help people, that we would look around and see the harvest all around us. And Peter is getting this vision from God that everybody is important. Let's continue the story here in Acts uh, 10, sorry, same chapter, verse 17. And when Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So go and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? Peter goes with them and preaches uh, in, in their household. And one of the things he said is, I, I realize God is no respecter of persons. So what did that mean for Peter? You know, they, as, the, as the Jewish race, as the Jewish religion, they thought they were God's chosen people, that God had not chosen anybody else. But Jesus came to die for the whole world. And here was this guy, Cornelius, Cornelius. 
who was desiring something of God, praying to God, praying to God, and then God reached out to Peter, being the answer to someone else's prayer. Now, I love answer prayer. You know, if you experience like a blessing or, you know, you're praying for something and you walk in that, and those are great and wonderful things, but there's nothing like being the answer to someone else's prayer. That you can step into the middle of their situation. And this is what Peter was doing. This is what we saw Jesus do. Walk to the woman at the well. This is what we see God calling Moses to do. Hey, look, look at the people. They're crying out. They're in bondage. And God said, what does he said? Back in our original text, I am going to come down. And then he calls Moses. See, when God comes down in the middle of situations, he's going to send you and he's going to send me. And here there's somebody in desperate need. There's somebody in a difficult circumstance. And God is going to call you. We just need to be ready to go. We just need to get ready to step in the middle of those situations. Cornelius' prayer connected with God. And then God reached out to a willing participant. And we need to be those willing participants. We need to be the ones that say, here am I, Lord, send me. I will go. And I'm tired just like everybody else in 2020. But I'm not just going to give in to that sort of feeling of tiredness, tiredness of watching the world. But I have food to do the mission of God. I have, I have power coming from the Spirit of God so I can walk in all that God would have me to do. I love how... Peter answered the question. He came downstairs and he said, I'm the one you're looking for. Slate Church, you are the one that people are looking for. The tired people. Tired people at your job, in your neighborhood, in your family. You are the one because you are the one that's going to point them to Jesus. You are the one that they can experience God's love through. You are the one that they can experience God's healing power through. You are the one that they can experience God's grace through. You are the one that they can not know what hope is, but then they meet you and you are not hopeless. Why? Because your hope is in Jesus. When people need help, God sends a person and he's sending us out. This is the church's finest hour. Slate Church, this is your finest hour to step into all the needs of humanity. Let's pray that God helps us to do that. Father God, so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful, Lord, for your calling to us. God, for all of the people around us in our lives, in our circle of influence that are crying out to you, that are verbalizing prayers, that are just thinking and, and wanting help. God, we say we are willing participants. We want to be your friends. We want to be the ones that you, through us, that you would be a blessing to other people. We're not going to say, let's wait four more months. We're not going to say, let's wait till 2021. God, we pray that you use us, even in this Christmas season coming up, that people that have had a hard year and a difficult year and a year that has tired them out, God, we want to step in the middle of that situation because we know that is our mission as followers of you. We just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
You know, we just talked there about pointing everybody to Jesus. The good news, the gospel message is all about Jesus. The scripture tells us that Jesus came and he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross and God raised him from the dead so that all of us could have a relationship with God. So if you're watching this today on the live broadcast or maybe a rebroadcast of this message, everyone here at Slate Church wants you to know Jesus. They know that it's the best thing that has happened to them. It's the best thing that's happened to me. And how is it that we have a relationship with God? Do we have a relationship with God by pretending that we are perfectly moral and then sort of coming to God and say, God, look how good I am. Can I exchange that for a relationship with you? Or do I create some sort of religion, some sort of religious process and try to be really religious and then offer that to God and say, God, look how religious I am. No, the only way we have a relationship with God is God just gives it to us. It's called grace. He reaches out with a relationship to himself. And all we have to do is say yes today. So I'm going to pray a prayer this morning or whenever you're watching this. And I invite you to pray along with me. It's just this first step in your relationship with God. There's going to be a place there in the chat if you're watching the live broadcast for you to connect with somebody. And we're going to have some instructions here in a little bit to tell you how to connect to Slate Church. But they would love to connect with you and get you to know some next steps here at Slate and in your relationship with God. So if you're watching this today and you're here in the room, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's just all pray this together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life, that he died on a cross and you raised him from the dead. So today I say yes to a relationship with you. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I have purpose to follow after your ways. I turn from my own ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we congratulate you today. And all of Slate Church celebrates with you. Make sure that you click that button there in the chat. And thanks for joining us today. We're actually going to sing one more song of worship. Let's, let's join the Slate worship team. Why don't you stand with us as we worship together? And how great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name. Into the night, then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ is my living hope. 
Slate Church, what an incredible uh, service this has been so far, and now we get to get to uh, one of my favorite parts of the whole uh, service, which is the debrief, and with me, I've got uh, two absolutely incredible guys. We've got right here, Joshua Legacy. Hey, that's a real name, by the way, Josh Legacy. I should I should have introduced you second, or first, because, that, I mean... Legacy is a hard name to follow up. I'm sorry, man. But we've got Dave Elhard, and uh, Dave Elhard is uh, is absolutely fantastic as, uh, as well. Um, Josh serves on our youth team, and uh, Dave, of course, uh, serves on our muscle team. And so we're really thankful for both of you guys, and thankful that you would join us for the debrief. And what a message it was from Pastor Brent. 
Absolutely. Yeah, what a, what a message. Uh, when God, or when people need help, God sends a person. And so I'm just wondering, uh, hey, what stood out to you in this message? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Uh, I think the thing for me is um, I, I found myself getting into this place, especially in the last few weeks, exactly what he was talking about, like looking too much into my own situation and kind of starting to feel pretty down about it. And uh, yeah, just getting to be like a really sad place to be. And so I've been trying to like, come out of that the past couple of weeks and then hearing a message like this just like kind of blows it out of the water. Like, no, this is like exactly what I needed to hear. This is where I needed to be. This is like everything that God's been like talking to me about lately. And I think one of the things that stood out to me most was like um, praying to be that person that God sends for somebody. Because um, I find so often um, in my own prayers, just praying over my situation, praying for uh, help in situations, strength in situations, um, a way out of situations. And but so often so self-focused and like, um, how can I flip that and be asking God, like, how can I be the answer for somebody else's prayer? How can I be used? Like, yeah. how can I keep myself open to like allowing God to use me for somebody else? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, yeah, it's, I remember my dad went through a back injury a long time ago and he thought the best thing for it was just to lie down. And the doctor said, that's, that's the worst thing you could do for your injury right now. You need to get moving. And I think like you're saying, like sometimes we just want to like, oh God, I need so much. And as Pastor Brent was explaining, uh, sometimes that's actually the exact opposite. What about yourself, Dave? Yeah. So for me, the whole message, I was thinking that we have um, a value at Slate of living lives of abundant generosity. Yeah, that's good. And that's I good. think a lot of times we put a monetary value on that. Like we had Heart for the House last week, which yep. was awesome. Yep. Um, but I think it goes much deeper than that. It yeah. goes with being generous with our time, yes. being generous with a kind word, yeah. being generous in a lot of different ways. And I think God calls us to be um, generous sacrificially. Yes. And so with finances, that's one thing, but also sacrificial with how we are generous with our time and with our, yeah. Um, yeah. just with our encouragement of others. Sometimes we're not gonna feel like being generous. Sometimes mm -hmm. we're gonna, it's gonna hurt because we feel that we deserve yes. um, that generosity on us. But sometimes even if we're not getting it, we need to give it to other people. That's good, so. that's good. That's, that's phenomenal. I think uh, exactly that. So many people are starving for encouragement. And honestly, as soon as you start giving that encouragement, it's funny how it comes right back, you know? Um, practically, we, we always love to know, like, where the rubber hits the road. For you guys, this week, what is, you're, you're thinking towards this week, and you're going, practically, this is going to change this part of my week. Yeah. Well, like I said before, like, I think it's going to impact my prayer life a whole lot. I think it's going to, like, radically Good. alter how I approach that and how I come to God with prayer and what I pray for. Um, and just seeking those opportunities. Um, I think like the verse he was saying in Proverbs, like the, um, the one who blesses uh, then enriched back and yeah, uh, just seeking good. opportunities to bless others and just seeing how can I step into this situation? How can I help somebody and like start thinking like really closely and intentionally about the people that I'm close with and like how can I be there for them through what they're going yeah. through? Because I mean, we're all going through stuff right now, so... <laughs> Hey, what an incredible encouragement from somebody who lives this out so frequently. You're oh, like, yeah. I, I need to do this more. You're doing a great job, but uh, that's really great. The do. reason I'm at Slate, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there we go. So, and what about you, for yourself, Dave? Um, for myself, it's pretty simple. Um, just turning the help I'm tired into help they're tired. Um, and wow. just having it wow. be more that focused. Yeah. Where instead of being 
I'm tired, they're tired, so I need the help of God to, to help me help them. Did you hear that, social media team? We are going to have to get new graphics for the wall. <laughs> help, they're tired. <laughs> what do you imagine? <laughs> That's how we're going to brand it for the next yeah. week. But uh, hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, here for the debrief. And uh, we love you guys, honestly. We can't do church without people like yourselves. And we have so many incredible volunteers that are in the same position. We can't have everybody join the debrief, but we want to thank all the incredible volunteers behind cameras, behind laptops, on host team, at watch parties, hosting connect groups all around the world. We're so thankful for you. And uh, today, uh, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, the most important thing that you can do now, well, listen, one thing we'd like you to do, I don't know if it's the most important, is go to our website, uh, slatechurch.com, and fill out our connect card. That's at the bottom of the, if you scroll down, it's at the bottom there, and let us know you made the decision to follow Jesus today. That'll enable us to follow up with you and make sure that you're not doing this journey of faith alone, because it's a decision made in private often, but it's actually something that needs to be lived out in public. And so we'd just love for you to, to fill that out. Honestly, if you're, um, if you're uh, uh, you know, wondering what my next step is here at Slate Church, a connect, a connect card is a great place to start. And listen, if you're watching this and you're going, the debrief is actually pretty incredible. This is what we do in our connect groups. So whether we are meeting in person uh, or we're meeting over Zoom, uh, our connect groups are incredibly filling ways that we can be filled up as individuals. And uh, you heard from David's testimony earlier that this is a main way that so many people are seeing life transformation through our church. And so don't hold back any longer. It's an hour every other week. I, I mean, I, 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 if I just told you the silly things I spent an hour on today, I mean, it's like just one hour every other week. It will change your life, I guarantee, or it will give your money back. <laughs> Nobody's paying for Connect Groups. That's a safe thing to say. But hey, we're so glad that you would join us for service. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'm taking away from this, um, this encouragement from Brent is I want to let more and more people in on what God's doing through Slate Church because I really believe it can transform a tired world into a world that is ready to live on mission. And so I'm committing to inviting people. Why don't you do the same? Maybe share this message, uh, so share this service, whatever you've got to do. Let's be on mission this, uh, uh, this week because we might be the people that God is looking to send. Church, we love you. We'll see you all throughout the week on social media and everything else, and especially next week.